Welcome to another episode of Rippin' Hoops. Carson, are you ready for some March Madness? Yeah, baby. You hear this? Are you ready? That's a bracket. That's a fresh bracket, ready to get filled out. Not not getting ripped yet. Not getting ripped yet. But it'll it'll be soon. It'll be soon. This is going to be a year of upsets. But before we get into that, we, we got to talk about Josh Hart and Trending Wofford. Yeah, the boys were going crazy last night. Or what was it, two nights ago? Um, Watford had a career high, 27 points. Hart had a career high, 44 points. Um, Watford and Hart continued to play really well tonight as well, but they uh, seems like Cronin gave them the call to keep the tanking season going. So they were up by, what, double digits in the second half. Then uh, – Atlanta just kept scoring. Trey Young kept scoring, and they lost, which is actually a good thing for us uh, going into the March Madness, where we're going to be seeing a lot of these uh, talented players, and the Blazers are going to need – they're in need for one or two if they keep both of their picks. So uh, we get to see them play on the highest stage, and I'm really excited about it. Yeah, finally. I think we've got some skin in the game when it comes to seeing guys the Blazers might actually pick that will make a difference. But like you said – Hart and Watford, career highs. Hart with 44 on 15 of 21 shooting, 6 of of 9 from 3, with 8 rebounds, 6 assists, and 4 steals. Watford, as you said, 27 points on 11 of 16 shooting, 5 for 5 from the line, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals. And that was against the Wizards in a 9-point win at the Moda Center. And then, as you said, tonight, uh, played well again. Josh Hart got his what would have been his career high if he didn't have 44 uh, two nights ago, but he had 31 tonight. Again, efficient shooting, 11 of 21, four for seven from three. Also seven rebounds, four assists, and then trending Watford, 22 points, nine rebounds, four blocks, and two assists. That's so, great. We also probably should mention Brandon Williams. He's been putting up a few 20-point games, and Drew Eubanks also had his career high. I think he had 21 or so two nights ago, and then he had 16 tonight. Yeah, we're just going to talk about the last two. We're going to blow off the previous four where they lost all of them by 30 points. There's really no need to talk about those games. Yeah, um, talk about that. <laughs> we'll mention that the Lakers suck, so. Gotta yeah, get great. that in there. But yeah. Any, any thoughts on the Sixers-Brooklyn game before we get into March Madness? Uh, you know, little games hard and always shows up in big games. Uh, <laughs> pretty, pretty bad performance, I would say, on his part. Very intense game. Uh, it just seemed like, uh, uh what's, what's his name? Uh, Durant and Irving really just came to play and Harden really didn't. Embiid was matching the energy, but when Harden's dribbling the whole time, it really throws you know, and beat off of his game a little bit. And the game was so weird. Like, I don't know. There's just so much stuff going on that's not normal. I mean, how many free throws did you watch the game, right? How many free throws did Embiid have in the first quarter? I swear all they did in the first quarter was just go to Embiid over and over and over and over again. Yeah. I don't remember how many he had, but he was – I think he had like 18 or 20 free throws in the first quarter. (laughs) No way. Maybe, but speaking of big men – Carl Anthony Towns had 60 tonight, 17 boards. Yeah, 16 and 17. Yeah, just before we move on. But anyway, I think that might be enough NBA. We we are going to become, after March Madness, NBA playoffs will be coming around. And these, this is going to be a great playoffs. We're going to be covering playoff games in depth night after night or week after week. But maybe a couple of weeks if we get into some good playoff action. But for now, yeah, there's been there's been a lot of just huge performances just across the league all week. Um, there's too many guys that I could even name that scored over 50. It just seems like the talent is just getting better and better. Yeah, and Clarkson had 45. Yeah, Jordan Clarkson had 45. Gary Trent had 44. Um, a lot of players just putting up huge numbers, and uh, yeah, we're gonna see a lot more talent in the March Madness as well. Yeah, so going into March Madness, obviously I'm focused on Gonzaga. I went to the WCC tournament in Vegas last week. Uh, I saw Gonzaga play San Francisco and St. Mary's. Both good teams who are in the tournament, especially St. Mary's. They're going to get some wins. 
Um, Gonzaga looked good as well, and Gonzaga is headlining the west side of the bracket with notable teams in there. UConn as a five seed, Arkansas as a four seed, uh, Alabama, who they lost to earlier this year by quite a lot as a six seed, Texas Tech as a three, um, and Duke as a two. And then I know there are some upset teams that you'd probably like to speak on, but we will get to that. Um, in the south region, we're headlined by number one, Arizona. Other notable teams are Houston at the five seed, Illinois at the four seed, uh, Tennessee as a three, and Villanova as a two. So then the east side, which would be in the final four, a matchup with Gonzaga or someone from Gonzaga's region. Uh, we got Baylor, UCLA, Texas, Purdue, St. Mary's, and Kentucky. And then lastly, in the Midwest region, which would match up in the final four with Arizona's bracket, is Kansas, Iowa, Providence, uh, Wisconsin, and Auburn. So pretty, pretty even bracket. I know that you said you like Gonzaga's path and you don't like Arizona's path. Um, do you want to talk about why? Uh, well, I mean, Gonzaga's their one overall seed, so they should get the, the weakest of the two and the threes, which they definitely did. I think Duke does not deserve a two seed at all. Um, I think they're a little bit overrated for what they are. I think they have a lot of uh, pro talent on their team, but as a team, like they have one of the best coaches of all time in Coach K, but as a team, I don't think they really play team basketball. I think they have a lot of, you know, guys with a lot of ego on their team. And I mean, they have a lot of talent, but I feel like they're the lowest of the two seeds. Um, they've been, they've lost, I think two of their last three games. So, Oh no, not two of their last three, but they lost in the conference championship and then they lost their uh, final uh, game uh, during the regular season. Um, and then comparing that to Arizona where Arizona has probably one of the best two seeds in Villanova who won the Big East. And then the team that got snubbed the most when it comes to seeding, uh, Tennessee, who's one of the hottest teams in the nation, won the SEC um, as a three seed. So a lot of firepower in that one where I don't see a lot of firepower um, in Gonzaga's bracket. Yeah, I mean, Villanova's tough. No matter what their seed is, they've got Jay Wright. I mean, they've got a lot of experience. They get to the finals. They win championships. That's always going to be tough. And then Arizona's also got Lael Chicago, which is always an upset. Sister Jean, baby, she's still alive. Yeah, she's still waiting. And then Tennessee, like you said, probably easily the best three seed and got snubbed. Um, Gonzaga did lose to Duke earlier this year when uh, Paolo Buncaro. Is that how you say it? Yeah, Buncaro. Buncaro, I've heard both. But, yeah, he kind of went off that game, and I don't think he's been quite as good in the year, but he's still, he's still a great player. He was just insane that one game. Um, and then, yeah, not a ton, but I honestly, I'm not sure Duke will even get through Texas Tech to get to Gonzaga, assuming they get there, but we'll talk about that. Um, anything to know in the Midwest or the East? You got Kansas and Baylor. Uh, when you're looking at Baylor's side, uh, Baylor, I mean, the top part of the bracket, I feel like all they really have to deal with is UCLA on that side. UCLA has a lot of uh, fourth year, fourth year, fifth year seniors. I mean, that whole team from last year's back. Um, when you think of uh, Johnny Juicing, Tiger Campbell, um, their backcourt, uh, a lot of I actually their whole starting five is back from last year. So uh, that's a team that made the final four, and they're a four seed. They started the year in the top five, I believe. I think you guys played them early in the year when it was like one two matchup, right? Yeah, we killed them though. It was like two yeah. six. Um. But yeah, they've been pretty hot the last couple of weeks. I think they've won nine of their la nine of their last ten games. Their only loss was, of course, to Arizona in the championship game. So um, they're playing pretty well. Uh, and then on the bottom side, you got Purdue, um, Wait, which Purdue. I, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna disagree. I I think St. Mary's is gonna beat UCLA. Just it's gonna why be do you think that? St. Mary's is good. They beat they beat Gonzaga uh, two weeks ago, and then they. Barely lost in the championship. Gonzaga won by 13, but it was close. Um, I think people are sleeping on them a little bit. They're, they're a solid team. I'd be surprised if they don't beat UCLA. Okay. Okay. But, um, and then you look at the bottom side of their brackets a little bit tougher. Like, so 
You got Purdue, who has one of the best players in the nation, and Jaden Ivey. You have Kentucky, who's always going to be firepowered with uh, pro talent, uh, Calipari. Um, so you got a lot of talent there. And it's actually not all just freshmen, one-and-done guys. It's actually people that have stayed a little bit longer. Um, and then you also have the ACC champion, Virginia Tech, <laughs> which is one of the hottest teams in the nation. They started the year, I think, like two and seven or something. Um, but they went through the ACC. Um, they got a couple of fun guys on their team. I watched that game against Duke. And, yeah, the ACC champion as an 11 seed is kind of crazy if you think about it. So you're taking them over Texas? Over Texas, yeah. I think I am too. But I don't know. Do you think Baylor make – well, let's let's rewind a little bit. Do you think – And uh, don't forget about – don't sleep on Murray State down there too. They have the most wins in the whole in the whole nation between – I think them and Gonzaga are tied with like 31. So they have a lot of wins. They don't, they're not in a, you know, uh, good conference, but having 30 wins is still having 30 wins. So uh, yeah, that's a team perfect. to sleep – wouldn't sleep on as well. 30 and 2, and then Gonzaga's 26 and 3. So they actually have more wins than Gonzaga. Yeah. Yeah. So that's not a team I would sleep on either. They could be a team that could fight with Kentucky. Uh, yeah. Might be an upset later on in the show. So do you think that Baylor makes it to the Final Four? Uh, no. I think that that is the one, that is the one seed that I'm not the surest about. I feel like that is a chaos bracket there, a chaos region. I think that is the one that um, is going to be up in the air. There's a lot of teams in that in that region that could win. Okay. Um, comparing that to Kansas, uh, comparing that to Gonzaga, and comparing that to Arizona. Arizona, I think, has the most. I Arizona's so good. So I, I mean, I feel like Arizona's way better than Baylor. So I feel like Arizona can compete with a uh Tennessee and Villanova where I don't feel the same confidence if I was if Baylor was in that bracket or something like that. Yeah. I agree. Baylor just scares me because of a lot. We'll we'll hold the rest of our final four prediction. But Baylor is the defending champion, so you gotta think about that too. So Yeah, but last year was Last year was odd. I think people thought that they came out of nowhere and won the championship, even though they were once in last year. But they their only losses were when they were missing guys from COVID. So I think they were underrated last year, and then this year probably not as good as they were. But we'll see. Um, what do you think about Kansas's region? Obviously, um, I think a popular upset pick is South Dakota State. I'm picking it. I I assume you're picking it. Yeah, so Providence is a team that was number one in the Big East, where the Big East is kind of a it's kind of an overrated conference. Besides, you know, the big name of like Villanova and stuff like that, but they were number one throughout the year. Um, but then they got smoked in the semifinal by Creighton, who I think they is they won the quarterfinal too. Yeah, who Creighton? Who are they playing? They're playing. Uh, they got an eight seed, I think. San Diego State. They're nine. They're nine seed, yeah. Um, but yeah, Providence. Uh, actually, shout out to Providence. The Blazers got Chris Dunn on a ten-day contract. We should have said that. That's true. I that kind of came out of nowhere and wasn't talked about. But Chris Dunn's a good. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, that's a that's a team I'm thinking about as well. South Dakota State seems like they're always in the tournament. Uh, have a great nickname, the Jack Rabbits. Fantastic name. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Providence kind of on a lull right now but um that's that's one upset that i think could be a possibility as well yeah i also like iowa state over lsu although lsu is good i just iowa state is also very good yeah we'll talk about that too that's one of mine as well um but then firepower in kansas's region i really think that um i really think there's really only a couple teams i don't think auburn's very good besides of jabari Who's one? Who's gonna probably be one or two in the draft next year? Yeah. I think they're just kind of. He reminds me of like a Cade Cunningham of last year, where he's kind of the only player on his team. Um, and then Iowa, 
Iowa is a team to look out for as well because they just won the Big Ten. They have um, a guy we'll talk about later in the show and Keegan Murray that a lot of you Blazer fans should do a little bit of a deep dive on because I think he's going to be the next Blazer. So um, he's very, very good, very, very fun to watch. Um, and we'll talk about him later. Yeah, also a good matchup is Wisconsin and Colgate. I know some people like the Colgate upset, but Wisconsin's good. They always do well in March Madness. They're experienced. They have uh, the Big Ten Player of the Year, Johnny Davis, and they're never somebody to sleep on. Yeah, there's a lot of firepower when it comes to the names. Um, you got Abaji in Kansas. You got uh, Murray in Iowa. You got uh, Johnny Davis in Wisconsin. You got Jabari in Auburn. You got Isaiah Mobley, who's Evan Mobley's brother at USC. So you have a lot of talent um, in this bracket, for sure. Isaiah? When it comes to player by player. They what was that? They don't look alike, Isaiah Mobley and Evan Mobley. No, they're, they're brothers. They were actually on the same team for USC last year, which is yeah, kind of crazy to think about yeah. that they didn't do better. Um, I'm sure Isaiah's stock will rise just because of Evan. Isaiah's really good. You'll, you'll, if you're able to watch him, he's really good. He's a really good shooter. He plays point guard for him at times. Yeah, which is crazy. He, to that he's, a better, he's probably already a better passer than Mobley, than Evan. Um, he's not a better shooter. He's not better offensively. He's not better, of course, defensively. But um, he's very, very good. So, yeah, this, yeah, that's one thing about him. Just looking at this again, it's it's great because you got Kansas and you got Creighton, who's been on fire. Iowa, as you said, been really good. South Dakota State's an upset team. Iowa State's an upset team. Wisconsin, USC, even Miami, Auburn, lots of firepower here. Mm-hmm. But uh. Last bracket we want to go over is um, Arizona's. Um, we kind of read through the teams, but are there any any picks you really like? Any teams worth noting? Um, I think um, an upset that people are talking about is Michigan over Colorado State, um, just because of really the name Michigan, um, them being an 11 seed. But to be honest with you, Michigan is is awful. I don't think they're good at all. Um, when you look at Colorado State, they got a lot of um, efficient uh, scorers on their team. Uh, they they run a little bit more of a slower offense. So uh, Michigan likes to kind of – I don't know if you've watched Michigan before, but they like to kind of run and use their athleticism and speed. Um, I think Colorado State's going to kind of like slow down the game and kind of just be efficient like they are on offense. So um, Michigan kind of has that 11-6 – upset look to it but i would stay away i think colorado state will beat them by double digits it's good to know i bet a lot of people will pick that just because it's michigan colorado state and colorado state isn't in the tournament since like 2013 or 15 and michigan's obviously always there yeah they're michigan's michigan so yeah uh i just i mean michigan's like one in eight versus top 25 teams this year i just i just don't think they're very good they lost in the first round of the Big Ten. I, just, I think they're all over the place. Yeah. A matchup I like is Seton Hall and TCU. Seton Hall is always kind of an upset pick, but TCU has been really good this year. So, At least lately they've been good. Um, they're one of the best defensive teams in the tournament, and obviously that can help win games, especially in March Madness. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think that's, that's a good little overview, and we'll, we'll go a little bit deeper, but – um, do you want to talk like Cinderella's teams that you really think like not just upsets, the teams you actually think could go pretty deep that aren't expected to? Um, yeah, I'll give I'll give one. I'll give one, and then you can give one. Um, I think my Cinderella team is going to be Murray State. I think I think Murray State. <laughs> I guess you didn't like that pick. Uh, but I think Murray State um, has the capability of beating a team like Kentucky. Um, and I think they could kind of fight against Purdue a little bit um, in that, you know, kind of sweet 16 kind of matchup. I think that'd be a really good game. Murray State's got a lot of guys that were on John Morant's team when they were uh, in the tournament. So they have experience. Um, 
So, and then, like I said, they have the most wins in the nation. So I, they know how to win. Um, I, I think Murray state would be my, uh, Cinderella team. There are seven seeds. So I guess, I don't know if that correlates them into being a Cinderella team, but I think that's the team I'd lean on. Yeah. If we're talking about going deep, I, I was going to give, uh, Give a shout out to St. Mary's, um, but there are five, so I guess that's not like a total Cinderella. Um, yeah, I'd say, I'd say obviously the old Chicago is one, but that's not. I'm not going to give that pick. It's just, just kind of you know, everyone's going to talk about that. I'd say Iowa State's my team because I think they can beat LSU, and obviously it's going to be tough against Wisconsin. But I like I like them against Auburn, like you said, if they get there. Um, you really just need to shut down Jabari Smith. So I'd say yeah. Iowa State is mine. But, you know, you could both be wrong and both these teams could lose their first games. But that's what a Cinderella story is. Yeah, Iowa State's one of the best defensive teams in the nation. So um, they can – I mean, if they are on the right track there, if they just start shooting well, that's a team that could get hot. That's always one of those teams. A Cinderella team is usually a team that is very good uh, on the defensive end, very well coached. And then if somehow they get their offense kind of going, then that kind of leads to them um, beating a, a seed or a team that they shouldn't be beating. Yeah, I agree. Um, do you want to give some kind of teams to avoid? I know, I know you talked a little bit um, about – I forget who you said to avoid. Oh, Michigan. Um, any other teams you say that – or you think we should avoid? I think Alabama might be one, in my opinion, because – Rutgers and Notre Dame is going to be a tough first game. Um, another one that I see as kind of an avoid team is North Carolina. I mean, obviously they're playing Baylor in their second game, but just in general, North Carolina has been very up and down this year. And then they've played well lately, but I, I see some inconsistencies there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, I mean, if we're looking like big picture, I think that Duke would be the one that I would try to avoid or Kentucky, like those are the, the, the seeds, the, the high seeds that I think could lose in uh, their second matchup type of deal. Um, but if you're looking at like teams to avoid, like you're like on the fence of on like a first round matchup, I guess um, it would be like Texas. Uh, Providence. Uh, Providence. Providence. LSU. Miami. I think USC has too much firepower for Miami. Yeah. Um, so those like those kind of teams uh, would be kind of the deal. I think like those eight nine ones like I don't know they're they they're always a flip of a coin. They're like the eight nines are really the ones that the the committee always gets like perfectly because those teams are like always like they're you you can't there's like there's really nothing you can comp- like they're comparable in every facet of the like. Everything. So it's like, I don't really know who to pick. The eight nines are always toss-ups for sure. They're also always good teams. They lose to the one seeds, but they're always tough. Yeah. But, I mean, Boise State's a really good team. They won their conference, uh, but they're playing one of uh, top prospects and who's going to be in the NBA next year and Jalen Duran. So, um, I don't know. I don't know Boise State has the capability of maybe guarding somebody like that, but they're probably a better team overall. So it's like, do I pick the better team or do I pick the guy that could single-handedly beat a team? So it's it's, it's tough when it comes down to those kinds of games. Yeah, because March Madness, one guy can really carry a team. Yeah. But uh, I know we kind of talked uh, upsets and dark horses, but anything else you want to mention before we move on to talking about specific players? Um. Yeah, I mean, when you're trying to fill out your bracket, I mean, the one thing that really stands out uh, is usually guard play when it comes to the the tournament. So, like, the guys that are at the top of the, the totem pole for next year in the draft are really all big men. Um, but it's really going to come down to, to guard play when it comes down to these top teams and who's really going to make a run on it um, when you look at the top teams. I mean, Gonzaga has really good guards. Um, Arizona has really good guards. Kansas has really good guards. I think Baylor's best players are kind of at that bigger position. So it's like, 
guard play usually runs the the March Madness is what I'm trying to say. If your guards are off or your guards are slow and not, you know, matching up to the other guard play, you're usually in trouble. So uh, that's the one thing I'd look out for. All right. That's some good advice for anyone filling out their bracket out there. Go off of guard play. Don't go off of colors and names. But uh, I think we should move on to players. I'm going to let you talk about Jabari, Ivy, and Paulo, and I'll, I'll talk about Chet. So I'll start it off. Um, Chet Holmgren probably going to be the one or two or two pick. I think ESPN has him one. A lot of the college guys have him going one. A lot of the NBA guys have Jabari. Seems like usually the NBA guys end up being right just because they have a better idea of what GMs and executives think and what NBA teams value. But it's I think that this tournament could change that for either one of them. Um, Chet, if you haven't seen him, he's a very, very lengthy dude. He is a power forward for Gonzaga, and he'll probably play power forward in the league just because he's very skinny right now. But Well, the best, the best stat I've seen on, on him is that he's – He's seven feet tall, so he's as tall as Joel Embiid, and he weighs 190. So he's as tall as Joel Embiid, but he weighs as much as Kyrie Irving. Yeah, that's absolutely ridiculous. And he's it's insane. put muscle on this year, but he's still very, very skinny. But I think something that people get wrong about him is they think they expect him to just be – like they want him to be a big man, and he has to put on weight, but he's very unique. Um he plays a unicorn. A unicorn, people would yeah. say. People want him to be like a big man, like you know, and be Jokic. But he plays more like a Siakam would, or something like that. Um, just in the sense that he takes the ball up the court. He's a good rim protector. He has handle. He can shoot the ball. Um, when he gets defensive boards, instead of having to give it to our guards, he can take the ball up the floor. He can pull up for three. He's smart. Uh, he blocks a lot of shots. He's not really going to put up 30, 40 points. But he is ridiculously good at things he should not be good at. Um, I'd say the weakness to his game is obviously he is a little bit on the weaker side. Um, just as far as matching up with other bigs, so he'll probably have to play power forward. Um, and then strengths. He's a ridiculous rim protector. Like, it's if when you see him in person, just the way his arm, he puts his arms up and no one can do anything. So. I think he's more of a pick for a team that's not trying to win next year. So, like, if the Blazers got a top pick, I wouldn't say Chet. But that's just because I don't think he's necessarily the most NBA-ready. But I, I, I hope he proves me wrong. He, he, could be, he could be a great small ball five and regular four. Yep. You want to say anything else about him, or you you want to move on? Uh, I just think Chet has a lot of – like I said, he has a lot of unicorn talents. He's really good uh, in the post. He can get people open. He's a very good passer, very good rebounder, very good uh, shooter as well. And he's, his best uh, thing is on the defensive end. Like, so comparing that to what he's going to do in the NBA, I mean, he's still going to – his size is the one thing that people hinder him about. But if he has to go against the Embiid's, the Jokic's, and all that stuff, like – Really, nobody's stopping him anyway. So he has the advantage on the offensive end. So, um, I mean, nobody in the NBA stops those two guys anyway. But he's gonna he's gonna get bigger. He's gonna grow um, muscle. We would think. Um, just look at Giannis and what he's been able to do and stuff like that. So um, he has a very unicorn talent. I think he's gonna either be one or two. Um, and he's a he's a great player. He'll show it this week and the weeks to come in the tournament. One thing worth mentioning is he he can guard the perimeter a little bit better than some uh, big men. He's not super quick, but he's his arms are so long that he can actually back off of shooters a little bit and recover. They drive, but still get in their face when they shoot. So the switchability of a big man is as big in modern NBA, as, as everyone knows who watches now. Mm-hmm. And how about Jabari? You want to talk about the guy Jabari? Uh, yeah, so I mean... The guy that's going to be fighting Chet for probably the first spot, Jabari Smith, um, out of Auburn. He's a freshman, 6'10", 220. Um, he's very uh, – I wouldn't say he's skinny, but he's slender. He's kind of got like a Jaron Jackson body a little bit. Um, I wouldn't say he's Jaron Jackson on the defensive end, but on the offensive end, he's like one of the most elite talents that I've seen in, in college. 
Um, as a freshman, he's shooting over 45% from three, and he's averaging about seven to eight threes a game. So him being 6'10", so supposedly the same height as Durant and shooting like that um, is kind of crazy. Um, I would say that is probably his elite skill of shooting. I would say the one thing that he needs to work on is probably just off the dribble shooting, but spot up shooting is amazing. Uh, what is he scoring 17 points a game, seven rebounds, shooting over 43%. So he's actually shooting better from three point range. Uh, but yeah, uh, he has a lot of talent. He's going to either be one or two in the draft, uh, but the talent around him, he does have a guy named Walker Kessler who's kind of ran up the, the rankings a little bit. He's a guy that, uh, I think I don't know if he came from North Carolina or he was he was at North Carolina and he dropped out. Um, but he's another center, so Jabari plays the four. But they're really I mean, he's really only gone up because of how well Jabari's kind of made him play that type of deal and how the notoriety they're getting for being um, a two seed. So yeah, I mean Jabari's very good. It's either gonna be him or Chet for uh, first or second. So it's one player to watch out for. Yeah, I think one danger there is a team that just completely loads up on Jabari and doubles him. Yeah. And and you're talking about guard play. Like, Auburn has no guards. Yeah. And it's Auburn, all Jabari. So Early and Gonzaga wins the title or gets to the final. That, that could be the way that Chet gets in above Jabari. As of now, though, I guess the draft for today, the first pick would probably be Jabari. Um, mm-hmm. What about your guy Ivy from Purdue? So Ivy's my favorite player in the whole draft. Um, what was that? You take him number one over Chet and Jabari. It depends on what you're looking for. If it's a team that needs a guard, maybe if it's a team that has so many bigs like Orlando or something, like I could see them maybe taking Ivy. Ivy has he's one of the best uh, kind of offensive and defensive players, multi-dimensional players in the draft. Um, he's a six-four wing from Purdue. Um, he honestly kind of reminds me of John Morant on how hard he plays. Uh, I mean, if you're going to be looking for a highlight kind of film, highlight kind of play from this tournament, you're definitely probably going to see it from Ivy. He's definitely going to have a couple probably, depending on how far he goes. Um, but he just kind of has like that big shot ego mentality where he wants to be the the best player on the court, just he just has that mindset to him, which is really fun to watch. And um, he's going to be a player that's going to lead Purdue a very long way, I believe. Yeah, I honestly haven't watched a ton of them, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the highlights you're talking about. Um, and then our last guy, Paolo Bencaro. He killed Gonzaga early in the year from the three-point line. I don't think he shot quite as quite as good sense. Um, I actually saw him on the Gonzaga campus when he was uh, visiting because I think his top schools were Duke and Gonzaga. Um, but he, I think, has fallen off a little bit in the draft. He was kind of the, in that one-two spot earlier in the year, and now Jabari's taken over. Uh, what do you like from Ben Carroll? Uh, ben Carroll's probably the best player out of the post of the big man. Um, but I would say he's probably the weakest when it comes to the defending. Uh, he's kind of a guy that's like, he's going to be a top five pick, but I would say he probably has the least amount of upside per se than anybody that could probably be in the top five. I don't, I see him being a very good NBA player, but I don't see him being like, and maybe an all NBA player like the other three guys we kind of named. So I think he's like the most kind of glue guy to be like a top five pick, but I just don't see like the untapped potential that I see out of the other guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah, and then another guy I would like to talk about too is a guy that actually, you know, hasn't played all year for Kentucky. Um, it's a guy named Shaden Sharp. He's a guard for Kentucky. He's not going to be in the tournament. Um, he decided to sit out, but he's kind of creeped in. People have been watching his workouts. He's uh, he's kind of creeped into like that five six range, um, a guard around about. 200 pounds, 6'6", six, six, kind of reminds me a little bit of B-Roy. Kind of has like a B-Roy body, Brandon Roy. Um, great shooter. But, yeah, it's a guy that you won't be watching in the tournament, but you'll see him on draft night for sure. His name's Shaden Sharp. 
I did not know about him. Probably because he hasn't played, but that's a good <laughs> Yeah. And then other players that you guys should know about, not necessarily stars, but guys that are either going to make a big difference in the tournament and might not have as much, you know, draft stock right now. Um, one guy I'd like to mention first is Andrew Nemhard, obviously. Um, because he's from Gonzaga, I want to talk about him, but great guard. He's he's an older an older guy. He's been around, um, transferred to Gonzaga two years ago. He's got lots of experience. He's really just a solid guard. He's a good distributor. He can shoot the ball. He can get to the rim. Um, he's a fierce competitor, and I think he could be as important as anyone for Gonzaga this year. Maybe just not talked about as much because, obviously, he's not got – Chet's draft stock because he's an older player. Um, but Nemhard will be great. He won WCC tournament, um, most outstanding player, which obviously not a huge feat because we pretty much knew Gonzaga would win. But definitely. He's a Canadian that. guy, too. Yeah. He reminds me of like a mixture of the two Canadians of RJ Barrett and Shea. He kind of has that mentality a little bit when yeah. I watch him. Yeah, he's good. He's, he's going to make the league for sure. Yeah. It's going to be like a. It's going to be like a. Depending a better Peyton, a better Peyton Pritchard. Yeah, depending on how they do, uh, late, late first, early second, I'd say. Yeah. Um, and then I know you want to talk about some of these guys. Uh, Colin Gillespie is that how you say his name? Yeah, Gillespie, guard out of Villanova. Every Villanova guard. That's so right. if the name sounds familiar, it's because he's been there for I think this is his sixth or seventh year. <laughs> he's been there forever. Um, he started his, what is that? It's, it's his sixth year. He, he's played, this is his fifth year of eligibility. He sat out, I think all of last year with a foot injury or something, ACL injury. Like he's been there forever. Um, like I said, talk about guard play. He's going to run Villanova's offense, which is honestly one of the best offenses in the, in the nation. One of the hottest, uh, offenses in the nation. Um, great shooter. Um, shoots over 45% from three. It's amazing. Um, so, yeah, uh, he's gonna, He's one of the guys I would look out for um, if Villanova makes a run in the tournament for sure. That dude is not afraid. He made some big free throws and a big three-pointer um, in their last game. Yeah. And then on to, I'm going to butcher this, uh, Okai Agbaji. Yeah, that's how you say it. Uh, it's Agbaji, yeah. Yeah, he had a huge dunk a few days ago. So this is this is going to be the player to watch for sure in the in the March Madness because he, I feel like he is a guy that is you know on the lower lottery per se kind of pick right now. He's kind of starting to jump up a little bit for how he played in the Big Twelve tournament um, and led Kansas to that. And if he leads Kansas to like a Final Four or like a, uh, I don't know, maybe even like a championship or something like that, he could kind of have that that stock rise a little bit. Um, but he's an amazing scorer. He's in the top twenty-five in the nation for scoring about twenty points a game. Um, and yeah, he's very athletic, as you can see with his dunking skills and all that. Um, yeah, definitely a player to watch on the offensive end for sure for Kansas. And then how about Kennedy Chandler uh, from Tennessee? Like we talked about, Tennessee, a team that was brutally kind of screwed, wouldn't you say? You could say they were fucked. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You want to talk about it? (laughs) I mean, how do you win the SEC and you were 10th or 12th in the nation and you're only a three seed? That just doesn't make any sense. I don't know. When Duke has lost two of their last four games, I, I, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, but yeah, Kennedy Chandler, another guard who's going to kind of lead Tennessee. And depending on what he does, kind of depends on how far Tennessee goes. Um, very good distributing the ball. Um, in the it, over five assists, I believe, in all of the SEC games, SEC title, uh, uh, sorry, the SEC tournament games. Um, so getting his teammates involved. I would say his one downside is that um, very poor from the free throw line, shoots about 60%. But it seems like a lot of players in college, depending on how good they are, just for some reason just don't shoot very well in, in college from the, from the free throw line. 
Uh, do you see that as well? Yeah, I definitely think some guys are, I don't know if they just haven't worked on it a ton. Um, growing up, you know, playing AAU and just playing tournaments all the time, they don't really work on free throws. But I think once they get to the NBA, they usually figure it out. It's interesting, though, um, over time, free throw percentage in college is usually a better indicator of three-point success in the NBA than three-point mm-hmm. Um, so it is a little bit of a red flag um, to not be a great free throw shooter in college, but I wouldn't say it like breaks the prospect. Yeah, for sure. And then, what do you think? Lastly, of your guy from Baylor. Okay, this this guy is amazing. So um, he's not he's another guy that's at that lottery uh, pick right now, but could see his way go up a little bit. He's not a guy that gets a lot of stats. His name is Jeremy Sohan. You're definitely going to know which one he is on the court because he changes his hair color every game like Dennis Rodman. <laughs> it's amazing. He plays, he plays the same position as Dennis Rodman. He's like, a, he's like a 6'9 forward that just plays center for them, gets a ton of rebounds, gets all, so much effort on the defensive end, doesn't really do anything on offense, but um, you'll definitely notice it. I think like uh, – Three games ago, his hair was like red, and then the sec like two games ago, it went to blue, and then the last game, it was green. It's, it you'll you'll know which one is him for sure. Yeah, he's got kind of Kelly Oubre like hair, and no, no, you're seeing that picture now. It's completely shaved now. Really? Okay. I was yes, just... it's like a total Dennis Rodman look. Okay. I you're right. I am looking at older pictures, but uh, yeah, he's he's a Pol- he's Polish, isn't he? He's Polish. He's from England. Okay, well, I'm. But he, he, you'll, he, he's he's a guy that'll be fun to watch. He's really, really. Um, he reminds me. He reminds me of Dennis Rodman. So it's it'll be fun to watch him for sure. There's another. I forget the name. Baylor's guard, the guy that wears the headband. He he's also a good player worth mentioning. Yeah, Baylor's got the most drip for sure. What's his name? Oh, they've got a guy named Flo Thamba, which I just find hilarious. Flow Thamba. That yeah. kind of leads into the next topic, doesn't it? Matthew Meyer with his – yeah, it will, actually. Uh, Matthew Meyer with his mullet. Uh, oh, yeah, the guy, the guy with the mullet. Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to find the guy uh, that I watched earlier in the year. Oh, Akinjo. James Akinjo. He's good. Um, but, yeah, moving on to Carson's favorite segment. Do you want me to read the names, or do you want to since you're, you're excited about this part? Uh, we can go back and forth if you want. I don't really – or you, you, you do it. You do it. All right. So out of UAB, the UAB Blazers, which weirdly, whenever I ask Siri for the score of the Blazers, it always talks about UAB, like this, this team. I don't know why. They're the most, they're the most, they got the most wins for sure. <laughs> well, they're, yeah. <laughs> not, not quite. I don't think people are more often wondering about their scores, but we've got Jordan Jelly Walker out of UAB. Jelly Walker. Great name. We've got Storm Murphy from Virginia Tech. Uh, Tiger Campbell from UCLA, Boogie Ellis from USC, Peter Kiss. I don't even know if I said these are the f- most fun names in the tournament. So just names that are fun. Little fun segment. Peter Kiss from Bryant, uh, Zeke Mayo from South Dakota State, and then my favorite, um, Leaky Black from North Carolina. So Leaky Black, baby. Some good names to look out for. Um, but so I mean, a lot of them are like. So a lot of them, I, so I kind of did the research on this, but I kind of made sure that they're fun names that you actually, like, they actually play. Yeah. So, like, Jordan Walker averages over 20 points. Jordan Jelly Walker, sorry, I mispronounced his name. Uh, over, over 20 points a game, one of the best shooters in the nation. You're looking at Storm Murphy, where he's, like, a normal white guy that kind of just is kind of gets in each other's grill. I mean, I don't know if you remember a guy like, he reminds me of a guy named Aaron Kraft from Ohio State that played for Ohio State forever. Just a little white guy that kind of defensive end, great passing, can get everybody involved, that type of guy. Um, and then you look at, you know, Tiger Campbell, uh, point guard for UCLA. Uh, kind of looks like Jay Cole a little bit. Has a mop on his head almost, but uh, he led them to the Final Four last year. Another Good player as well. Boogie Ellis um, from USC, um, transferred from Duke. 
so very, very good on the offensive end. And then uh, Zeke Mayo, I would say the one guy that kind of is getting his feet under his belt, doesn't he scores about 10 points a game, not that big. But Peter Kiss, um, the guy that wears the Kiss shirts to every every uh, every game, he leads the uh, the nation in scoring, so um, over 25 points a game. So, I mean, I don't think he's going to be in the tournament for very long because he's going to be playing Arizona uh, if he gets through that playing game. But uh, he's definitely going to show out in that playing game. I would expect him to, you know, meet his average or get even a little bit more for sure. I'm just disappointed you didn't put Flo Thamba on here, but I know Flo Thamba, dude. Forgot about him. It's a great name, though. I feel like he plays, but yeah, Flo Thamba probably pretty normal name until you know Mo Bamba and then you just find it hilarious. This guy named Flo Thamba. Um, but yeah, any 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 guys that you really are thinking the Blazers could end up with? I know you talked about uh, Agbaji, but Anybody else? I think the most realistic guy, like I said, is going to be Keegan Murray out of Iowa. He is a 6'8 forward, 225, that plays three in the four, kind of has uh, a Mikel Bridges kind of body. He shoots like Mikel Bridges too, uh, the guy that would fit in like perfectly in Portland, um, but has a great NBA body. He's fourth in the nation in scoring, about 24 points a game, gets about nine rebounds a game, shoots over 55% from the field. Um, He is the guy, if we stay in that 7 to 10 range um, with either our pick or New Orleans, is the guy that I want the Blazers to go after for sure. Yeah, I'll be watching him. I don't know a ton about him, but um, obviously Blazers probably going to fall into that like 5 to 10 range. So. Guys, prospects there, guys we could be looking at. Obviously, we could get lucky and move up to the top three, but doubtful at this point. Hopefully, we keep losing. Um, any of these other guys you want to mention? Um, I mean, Jalen Duran out of Memphis. He's kind of a guy that's kind of gone down draft ranks. He's a center from Memphis. Um, so you're thinking of a center from Memphis, kind of like, kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, James Wiseman. I hope that's not the. In- I hope he doesn't have the injury bug that James Wiseman does. But uh, kind of a big body, something that the Blazers need. They always need big bodies. So um, there's one option there that I would look at. Um, you have that was a, a lazy comparison because he went to Memphis, or <laughs> no, it was it was because he went to Memphis. Yeah, um, and then you're looking at Wisconsin. You mentioned him earlier, Johnny Davis, as um, another guy that the Blazers could be looking at as well. Um, probably wouldn't be the top of my perspective because he's a guard and the Blazers don't need any more guards, but, uh, he's in that, that six to 12 kind of ratio where the Blazers would be looking at. So Johnny Davis could get you 20 points a night, probably in the tournament from Wisconsin. And then, um, Ben Matherin, who could honestly probably be the steal of the draft. I think wherever he goes, um, guard out of Arizona. I think he's going to be the player to look out for in the tournament. Um, yeah, uh, he doesn't really get a ton of stats on his team because of uh, how good his team actually is. They lead the team. They lead the nation in assists, I believe Arizona does. So, uh, guy that just has the mentality like an Ivy. Um, he's very, very good. Um, he's a little bit bigger as a guard. He's six six. So. Um, yeah, I mean, the two players that I'm going to be looking at the most for the Blazers is going to be Keegan Murray and Ben Matherin. Those are my two guys. Gotcha, yeah. I, I, I agree, although I don't know as, as much as you about them, but any, any like, forward that we can target, um, I think, is, is best. Like you said, we don't need guards. We've got tons of guards. We've always had tons of guards. But I mean, another guy could be, it could be A.J. Griffin from Duke. I think he's a little overrated. Um, he's. I think all he can really do is shoot. He reminds me a little bit of Cam Reddish. Another comparison went to Duke type of deal. Um, but that's another guy in that spectrum as well. But he's a forward. But he's the same height as Matherin. I, I'd rather have a guy like Matherin who has kind of the. He, I just think he has crazy potential. Yeah, I'm looking at the uh, 
mock drafts right now of who they have us picking. Um, Ty Ty Washington out of Kentucky, a point guard, of course. Who's like a six-one guard? Terrible decision. And Benedict Matherin, uh, a shooting guard. So I don't know whoever made this draft. Probably is not looking at who's on our team. But um, right yeah. now, for some context, the uh, I'll probably look for some names, but the projected picks are. Obviously, these often just go as who they think the best prospect is, not who they think the team should take. Um, but Jabari Smith, Chet Holmgren, Jaden Ivey, Shaden Sharp. What did I say? What did I say? Shaden Sharp. Adrian Griffin Jr., Keegan Murray, Johnny Davis, Ty Ty Washington. I like that name. Um, Ty Ty Washington? Yeah, that should have made our best names. No, nah, I've, I've, I've known a lot of people named Ty Ty. You've met a lot of people named <laughs> Ty Ty? A lot of people named Ty Ty. I don't know where. Short, you... short for Tyler. I don't. Okay, but that's not his name. His name's Ty Ty. <laughs> and then another name I like is Nikola Jovic. It's Nikola Jokic. He's six ten. I imagine. Dude, dude, uh, imagine, imagine if he was on uh, somehow if Denver gets him. I mean, you never know. Oh my gosh, they'd have Yo- they'd have Nik- they'd have Nikola Jokic out there with Nikola Jovic. Yeah. They got, they got to be related some way. Oh yeah, they're both from Serbia. They probably know each other. <laughs> Just looking at this comparison or these comparisons in mock draft twenty four to the Bucks, they got Jaden Hardy, and their uh, NBA comparison is Anthony Simons. I find that funny that he's in comparison. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you also didn't mention uh, Oscar Shibwe as far as funny names. Who? Shibwe. <laughs> Oh yeah, from Kentucky. Yeah, the center. He's giant. I think he's like seven four or something. He's only six nine, but his oh. wingspan, no, his wingspan is seven four and a four. Mm. So you're right. Yeah, he's a big. He's a big guy. He's a big boy. He's like two fifty, right? Yeah, he is two hundred fifty pounds, seven four wingspan. So you're you're not wrong. He's just he's huge. But um, I think that pretty much rounds it out for players. Um, do we want to go in and give our final four picks now? Uh, sure. Do you want to go first? Yeah, I think these are going to change for me um, over the week as I think about it more. The team I'm most confident in, and, you know, call me biased, but this is my pick. I think Gonzaga is going to be there. Um, I, I'm picking Villanova over Arizona. Um, I'm going to pick Kansas because I don't, I don't really like the Auburn, Auburn's team. Um, I do think... Iowa might be tough for Kansas, and Creighton's also going to be kind of tough. So I'm not super confident in that, but I think Kansas is one of the best teams. Um, I mean, obviously, they're a one seed, but, like, I just think they're solid. I think they're probably second or third. So I think Baylor's the worst one seed. Um, And then Baylor, I have them as my pick right now, but, like, I don't love it just because that bracket is so good. Um. I kind of want to say that I guess I'll give my I'll give my big upset. I think whoever wins the St. Mary's UCLA game is going to beat Baylor, um, assuming those two teams get there. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say that Purdue or mm, I got to give a pick, don't I? You got to give a pick. Okay, I'm I'm sending I'm sending Purdue to the Final Four. So I've got Purdue. Um, I've got Kansas, I've got Villanova, and I've got Gonzaga. I don't feel good about the Purdue thing. I just think that the East is going to have a surprise team, and I think St. Mary's or UCLA is going to be Baylor. Um, and then, as far it's as exactly, it's exactly what I have. Really? Okay. Not 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 like the Final Four, but I have I have UCLA beating Baylor. Yeah. Um, and then, as far as the final game. I've got Gonzaga versus Villanova and Gonzaga winning. I just I can't pick any any I can't pick otherwise because um, I don't want to root against Gonzaga. So those are my picks. But mm-hmm. um, so yeah, you'll hear my picks. Um, depending on how I've talked today, you might think that I'm a nerd about it, so you might follow it, or you might just pick the exact opposite. I wouldn't surprise wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, I'm gonna go with Gonzaga. Out of the West, I think they have the lowest. I think they have the weakest two and three seed. I don't really see a uh, 
huge kind of Cinderella team out of this side. Um, so that's my side out of the West. And then out of the, the region of chaos where Baylor is at, I think, uh, I think Murray state is going to beat Kentucky. That is one upset that I think is going to happen. Um, and I think that kind of leads the road for Purdue to make the final four for me. And then I think Jaden Ivey is just too much firepower against a team like Murray state. Um, I think, I think he's one of the best players in the nation. He's going to show it all week. Um, and then in Arizona's bracket, um, I think Arizona is going to come out of there. I just think their team is too high powered. Uh, they lead, like I said, they lead the nation in assists. Uh, there's another guy on their team named Christian Coloco, who is very, very good, protects the paint. I believe in the Pac-12 tournament, he averaged, I think, four and a half blocks a game. So very, very good. Um, and then on Kansas' side, I think Kansas really only has one pers- uh, one team to worry about, and that's Iowa. Um, and if they get through that, uh, I believe that they will uh, make the Final Four as well. And then looking into the finals, I think it's going to be uh, Arizona versus Gonzaga, and I think Arizona's going to win it. All right. Sorry, bad news about that. I mean, I the last two years, I thought Gonzaga was going to win this year. I think they have the best chance, I mean, in my opinion, but I think that this is going to – there have been a lot of top teams losing this year. I mean, there was a day where the six top teams all lost, uh, which is – I don't so, think what I'm thinking about, like that, that Arizona Gonzaga game is going to be so good if it happens. Like, yeah. I think that Coloco can stop Chet in the paint because of how dominant he is. So, I think, like I said, it's going to come down to guard play. And those are probably the two best, like the two best combination of guards in the nation when it comes to Gonzaga and Arizona. So, um, when you think of Nemhard versus uh, Mather, and I mean, that's star power. I think it's going to be a one-possession game. That's what I have my score at. So, um, And that'd be a West team winning the championship, which hasn't happened in a long time. So that would be mm-hmm. quite great. Um, so your final four, just to repeat it really quickly, who is it again? Arizona, Kansas, Purdue, and uh, Gonzaga. Okay, so our only defense is I have Villanova over Arizona. Um, which I, I really like so, yeah, I mean, I really like Villanova. Like, if it's a close game, I'm going to pick Villanova over a lot of teams because they lead – I don't know if you know this, but they lead the nation in free throw percentage. I, aren't they, like, the best team of all time? I don't know. They're shooting, like, as a team, they're shooting, like, 87% or something. Yeah, I thought – okay, I could be wrong. I thought it was, like, 82.6 and it was the best, like, all the time. I could be it's, wrong. it's something like that. It's, yeah. it's, it's, I know it's in, like, the high 80s. Yeah. Yeah, which is amazing. So if it's like a close game, and uh, I, I'm gonna get really nervous if if Arizona goes against Villanova, it's, I I think whoever, so I think whoever wins between the Arizona and Villanova game is gonna win the national championship game. That's just my that's just my eye, my eyes. So that's a good prediction. Um, and one more thing out of that region, uh, what are your thoughts on Illinois Houston for anyone kind of struggling with that matchup? Um, I mean, Illinois got some bodies, like another good name that I forgot to mention was, uh, Kofi Cockburn. Great it's name. Coburn. <laughs> no, I call him Cockburn. It says Cockburn. It does. <laughs> it's Kofi Cockburn. No, I just call him Coffee Cockburn if you didn't say that, but. Okay. 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 But big body gets a lot of rebounds. Um, but. Uh, Houston's one of the best uh, teams on both sides of the ball. So um, very efficient. Always have really good defensively. Um, if I was to pick that game, uh, I'd have Houston over Illinois. Okay. Houston did very well last year, so that would not surprise me. They've been doing well the last couple of years. Yeah. They got a lot of – they got some NBA talent now. Think of, like, Quinn Grimes. Mm-hmm. Um, very good guard out of – the Knicks, they just don't play them. So he killed Portland. Yeah. But uh, last thing, so 
one player you think will be a household name at the end of this tournament, and then one player that you think who's most likely to be a Hall of Famer out of this draft class? Um, so I'm all in on Arizona, so I think the guy people are going to look out uh, that's going to be a household name is going to be Ben Matherin, or as his family calls him, Benedict Matherin. Okay. That's his full name. I'm going with uh, at home ground just because I think people are going to turn on the game and they're going to see and say that dude is huge and skinny. And goofy looking. That's, yeah, that's how he's going to become the household name of the tournament. Um, and then as far as my Hall of Fame pick, obviously this is just ridiculous to even predict this time. But um, I'd say Jabari Smith is probably the guy that I think is going to end up as the best player in the end. Yeah, Jabari Smith, I think, has got the highest potential. Like, he reminds me, I think I said this a couple of pods ago, but he reminds me of a KD um, that's 6'10", 6'11", that can shoot like he does. Um, the one thing that he doesn't have that KD has, which makes him one of the best offensive players of all time, is that he can shoot off the dribble. So if Jabari can learn that, um, he's going to kind of be unstoppable, um, impossible to guard, kind of like a – a Tatum or a, a Kevin Durant, that type of deal. Kevin Durant is the most, the best offensive player of all time. Yeah, Does, he is just straight up the best. Yeah, so um, that'd be the, that'd be like I guess the most boring pick to say, but um, I think someone that could be a Hall of Famer. Um, I don't know, dude. I'm all I'm all in on Ben Matherin, dude. That guy is really good, and you're gonna see it. Yeah, and we will all see it. We'll be watching. Um, as far as upcoming games for the Blazers this week, if you want to take away from the beauty of March Madness to watch us purposely lose, the Blazers are playing the Knicks on Wednesday. They're playing the Nets on Friday. So no Kyrie. Is that a home game? Oh, it's in Brooklyn. It's no Kyrie. Well, Kyrie will be in attendance for sure. <laughs> okay, fine for it. And then Blazers at Pacers. On Sunday, Blazers at Pistons on Monday. Um, and then we've also got Blazers versus Spurs next week. Are you going to any March Madness games, Carson? Um, I don't know. I might. I should probably. Yeah. I know you're going, right? You're going on Thursday, exactly. I'm going to three of the games on Thursday. Um, I'm missing the Memphis versus... Uh, Boise State game, and then I'll also be in San Francisco for the – we'll also be there Saturday. So I'll be for two games Saturday in Portland, and then I'll be in San Francisco for the um, Sweet 16 and Elite 8. What if they don't make the Sweet 16, Ryan? I See, so that's the thing. I didn't say I'll be there for Gonzaga's game. I just said I'll be there. Oh, okay. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to jinx it yet. I'm, I don't I, know. They could lose to Vermont or something. Actually, no, that'd be a Sweet 16 game, Vermont. Yeah, my dad and I said, even if they lose, we're going we're gonna to go. It'll be good basketball. I mean, who I are the other games? Who are the other games on uh, Thursday? Um, the other games on Thursday, I believe. I honestly, I need to look. Um, but I know that the first game is the one I can't make, the Boise State versus Memphis game. And then I believe... UCLA versus um, Akron and St. Mary's versus Indiana. Who is UCLA playing the first game? Mm, they're playing a garbage team. They're playing, who are they playing? Akron? Yeah, it is they're Akron. Playing, That's they're right. playing LeBron James. Yeah, they're playing LeBron, so I'll be seeing St. Mary's versus Indiana and then UCLA versus Akron. And Indiana played well in the tournament. I think they didn't they lose. They made they made the uh they made the semifinals. I think they made the final. Mm, I think they made the semifinals. Because no, they made the semifinals because they played because Iowa played Purdue. Uh okay. Didn't they lost on like a ridiculous bank shot? Yeah, yeah. The the Iowa kid made a a bank three-pointer to beat uh, Indiana. Yeah, I'll be at those games. Um, and I will probably not be watching a lot of Blazers. Love the Blazers, but it's tough to watch right now. Best thing to watch is just Josh Hart, Trending Watford, and then think of all the guys that we could have in the future that are playing in March Madness. So enjoy March Madness while it's here. 
because before you know it, we'll win the NBA playoffs. It'll be the first year without the Blazers in a long time, but it is going to be a good. Well, I mean, technically, we're still in the. We're running. only a game. We're only a half game back. But I do not. <laughs> it's, want to it's, it's 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 so dumb that there's that. I mean, the Pelicans and the Blazers are 15 games under 500, and they're they're still way ahead of anybody fighting them for the 10th speed. It's 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 insane. It is. I don't know. We'll rant about that later, though. But anyway. Go Zags. Go, uh, go Cats. Your pick, yeah. Go well, I got to I gotta make sure I get the right Wildcat, though. Who do you want to win, though? Who do I want to win? Yeah. Um, I like Jaden Ivey a lot, so maybe Purdue, something like that. I was going to say, you better pick a West Coast team, but I guess not. Oh, you want me to pick a West Coast team? Um... Shoot. I mean, you don't have to. I'm just saying you got to respect the West Coast. Oh, man. They all kind of suck. There's Except all- against... Well, I mean, I'm, I'm not... No, I'm not going to, like, pick that kind. Like, I'm talking, like, a lower co- West Coast team. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe, a Cal- maybe a Cal State Fuller team. Maybe they beat Duke. UCLA is pretty good, too. But, anyway, <laughs> I think that'll wrap it up for this week. But enjoy the game. Oh, you don't want you don't want to talk about Tom Brady. Okay, we can talk about Tom Brady. Do we believe that Ronaldo is what made Tom Brady come back? <laughs> no, I think what happens is that he knows that everyone was watching the March Madness, the the bracket reveal, and he tried to cuckold us, and he and he gave us a, <laughs> and he's like, oh, I'm just gonna come out of retirement. But did we actually think he wanted to retire? I'm pretty sure he was just trying to get out of playing in Tampa and wanted to play on like the Niners or something. And figured out he couldn't do that, and that's why he's coming I back. I think I think what happens is is that he lived a normal life, I guess, for him. Yeah, for for two months, and he got bored, and he's like, "Oh well, I'm still eating like I am. I'm still working out like I am. I should just probably get paid for it." I don't know. I like the theory that he uh, went to the Manchester United game and watched Ronaldo score a hatch and got inspired. But- you see that conversation with Ronaldo and Brady talking? Ronaldo said, You still playing? You gonna you really done? And, and he like he like shrugged at him, yeah, I saw it. And then he announced he's coming out of retirement. Yep, it's all Ronaldo, dude. Yep. Two goats talking. Right. Now that we've talked football, we've talked funny names, we've talked basketball. The only thing we're missing is T V, but missing euphoria, but that's we're missing euphoria. Twenty four. But anyway, have <laughs> a good Monday night. Get those brackets in. You know, pick your upsets. Don't just pick all the one seeds. It never happens. Have a good week. And yeah, if you want to, one more thing. If you want to, if you want to go against me and Ryan, uh, uh, DM the uh, Rose City Hoops Mm -hmm. Instagram, and we could get you into the bracket if you want to go up against us at all. Like we always say, podcast affiliated with Rose City Hoops. Follow us, check us out, DM us, ask us questions, join our bracket, whatever you want. But thanks for listening. Have a good week, guys.